1: Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Certainly one of the more unique teachings of Mormonism that I think clearly separates teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from those of us within biblical Christianity is the notion that sinful mortal humans can someday aspire to be God's like God is God. And no doubt this teaching goes clear back to the founder of the Mormon movement, Joseph Smith.
2: This is what he says in teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, pages 346 and 347. Here then is eternal life to know the only wise and true God. And you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves and to be kings and priests to God, the same as all gods have done before you. That idea was reiterated by second president Brigham Young in Journal of Discourses, volume 3, page 93, when he said, the Lord created you and me for the purpose of becoming gods like himself. When we have been proved in our present capacity and been faithful with all things he puts into our possession, we are created, we are born for the express purpose of growing up from the lowest state of manhood to become gods like unto our Father in heaven. That is the truth about it, just as it is.
1: Now, some might think, well, maybe that's just old Mormonism. Do modern Latter-day Saints really believe that they can aspire to Godhood in the same way that Joseph Smith and Brigham Young were saying? And I would say absolutely. We have, for instance, Jeffrey R. Holland, an apostle in the Mormon Church. On July 4, 2009, on page 15, there was an article in the LDS Church News titled Divine Companion, Teaching by the Spirit. And in this article, Jeffrey Holland is quoted as saying, We are charged with the responsibility of getting people out of their ruts and routines, out of their problems and their pain, out of their little arguments and ignorance and sins, and take them to the gods, plural, to the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Ultimately, we are to take them toward their own godhood. So, absolutely, this is a teaching in modern Mormonism. It's a major teaching in Mormonism. Marriage, the temple, all of this is intertwined, hopefully getting the Latter-day Saint to rise to his potential and to eventually become a God like God.
2: In your resource manual, In Their Own Words, you have over
1: eight pages
2: on this topic. So I think that's something that is very clear from beginning to today that Mormonism has taught man can become God.
1: They have an essay in the Gospel Topics titled Becoming Like God. Now, the very fact that they have an article, an essay that deals with this issue. I think shows that the Mormon Church is not ready to abandon this teaching. This essay was posted on February 24, 2014. It's titled Becoming Like God and This is How It Begins.
2: One of the most common images in western and eastern religions alike is of God as a parent and of human beings as God's children. Billions pray to God as their parent, invoke the brotherhood and sisterhood of all people to promote peace and reach out to the weary and troubled out of deep conviction that each of God's children has great worth. But people of different faiths understand the parent-child relationship between God and humans in significantly different ways. Some understand the phrase child of God as an honorary title reserved only for those who believe in God and accept his guidance as they might accept a father's. Many see parent-child descriptions of God's relationship to humanity as metaphors to express his love for his creations and their dependence on his sustenance and protection. Latter-day Saints see all people as children of God in a full and complete sense. They consider every person divine in origin, nature, and potential.
1: Well, let me just say this. Just because I, as a Christian, do not view all humans as literal children of God does not mean that I have a lower sense of worth towards other human beings. I look at human beings as having a very high sense of worth. So even though I may not share with Mormons that we are all literal offspring of God, would not diminish my idea regarding humankind. But let me go back to the first paragraph. It says, billions pray to God as their parent. And I would say, yes, that's true. And I would agree that I, as a Christian, am one of those. I refer to my God as Heavenly Father. A Mormon would also refer to God as Heavenly Father. Now, in those two terms, we have entirely different definitions. Mm -hmm. So even though we may use the same word, we're not really, in my opinion, praying to the same deity. I'm sorry, I just don't believe it's the same God, and Mormon leaders have made it pretty clear that they're not the same God. But let me point something out here. Just because billions pray to God as their parent doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Mm -hmm. Even though I do, I recognize that doesn't make it true. What makes it true is something else other than what I'm doing. The point I'm trying to make here is that there's also billions who don't pray to God as their parent. And I would use as an example those who are Muslim. Mm -hmm. Allah does not have a son, they would tell you. And, of course, when they usually say something like that, it's in the context of whether Jesus is the son of God or not. But I'm sure that Muslims would carry it even further and would deny that they feel that they are the literal offspring of God, certainly not the offspring, as Mormons would see themselves as being offspring. What we have here is, if they're going to use that as an argument, we have what's known as an appeal to the people fallacy. Just because a lot of people hold to something doesn't necessarily mean that what they hold to is actually true. Now, as Christians, we do not believe that every human being is a literal child of God. As we've mentioned many times on this show and in our writings, becoming a child of God involves becoming a believer in Christ. We go back, for instance, to John one twelve. What does it say there?
2: Yeah, one twelve and 13 says, To all who receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now that's a much different idea than what preexistence teaches, that the offspring of Heavenly Father and one of his heavenly wives produced all of the spirit children that allowed all of us to come and therefore to be rightly called children of God. But this is saying here you have to believe in his name and it becomes therefore a right of human beings, not something that you just get because you're born here.
1: And the only human beings that have that right is very clearly spelled out. It's the ones who come to believe on Jesus's name. Now that's not the only verse that says that we also have Romans 8 14. Romans
2: 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God.
1: Now let's dissect that. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Are most people in the world led by the Spirit of God? No. I would say no, they're not. Most people don't even believe there is a God, wouldn't even care if they were a son of God or not. But what about Romans 9.8?
2: Romans 9.8 says, That is, they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. But the children of the
1: promise are counted for the seed. Now that seed, talking about this promise that was given to Abraham, but let's go back where it says the children of the flesh.
2: It says the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God.
1: The children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Now wouldn't every single human being be categorized as a child of the flesh? Yeah. Of course they would, but they're not the children of God. In other words, something else takes place in their life when that becomes possible. So to assume that every human being is a child of God, I would say, is not supported by the New Testament. What about Galatians seven?
2: Galatians 3, seven says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of God. It goes on in verse 26 and says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus.
1: And that's the point we're trying to make here. There has to be some kind of spiritual transformation in the individual's life before we are considered to be a child of God. And so the Mormon concept is flawed from the very beginning. We also have Ephesians 1 5.
2: Having predestinated us into adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will.
1: In other words, here again, that faith in Christ is what is necessary for that distinction or that title to be given to an individual. Folks, I just want to make this point very clear. At the very beginning, the Mormon Church makes a serious flaw in assuming that all human beings are the children of God. Certainly all human beings have special worth. We're not taken away from that. All human beings have special worth. But to assume that we are all the literal offspring of God is certainly not justified when you look at the context of Scripture. And this paper starts off in making such a premise, but it's a faulty premise. It says, But people of different faiths, in the second paragraph, understand the parent-child relationship between gods and humans in significantly different ways. Yes, they do. So what we need to do is to take what Scripture tells us, what does the New Testament actually say, and use what it actually says to help us to draw a conclusion regarding mankind's status in regard to God. If we don't, we're going to be misled. And unfortunately, we feel that the Latter-day Saints have certainly been misled in this notion.
2: And so many different verses have been used by Mormons who support the idea of preexistence, such as Jeremiah 1.5 and others. But we have to say that these verses are taken out of their context to be able to make them say something that they were never intended to say
1: in the last paragraph of this one section, what does it say?
2: It says, God's loving parentage and guidance can help each willing, obedient child of God receive of his fullness and of his glory. This knowledge transforms the way Latter-day Saints see their fellow human beings. The teaching that men and women have the potential to be exalted to a state of godliness clearly expands beyond what is understood by most contemporary Christian churches and expresses for the Latter-day Saints a yearning rooted in the Bible to live as God lives, to love as He loves, and to prepare For all that our loving Father in heaven wishes for his children.
1: And there's some language in that paragraph that needs to be examined when it talks about exaltation. Men and women, according to Mormonism, have the potential to be exalted to a state of godliness. I think the word godliness might be a little misleading there whoever wrote this essay, probably should have used the word godhood. Godliness It sounds more like holiness. And certainly we as Christians believe that we should have holiness in our life and actions. But when it talks about the teaching that men and women have the potential to be exalted to a state of godliness, certainly in a Mormon context, that means becoming gods, becoming gods gods. It doesn't mean anything less. And so when it goes on to say that Latter-day Saints have a yearning rooted in the Bible to live as God lives, to love as he loves, and to prepare for all that our loving Father in heaven wishes for his children, that's going to be the controversy because a lot of what they believe about that is really not rooted in the Bible at all. And that's what we want to look at when we examine this essay titled, Becoming Like God.
0: You just listened to today's broadcast of Viewpoint on Mormonism. But did you know that you can hear previous shows at your convenience? The Viewpoint on Mormonism podcast is free on the Internet and will help you learn more about the LDS religion. Feel free to listen on your computer or download to your favorite listening device. Just go to MRM.org and click on the right side where it says On Air. All of our shows are here, so visit MRM.org today.